0: Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, Laura Best, author of Good Mothers Don't. When we hear that someone has committed bizarre acts during a psychotic break with reality, we might wonder, What was going on in their mind? We can't begin to imagine. But Laura Best has imagined that terrible mental landscape in the character of Elizabeth, the protagonist of her novel Good Mothers Don't. Laura has also imagined what family members and others in the community think, conceal, and say out loud about Elizabeth's breakdown in the 15 years that follow. Those many perspectives create a momentum that sweeps up the reader in a work filled with insight and humanity. Laura Best, welcome to Book Me.
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Good Mothers Don't is set in the early 1960s in the rural Maritimes. What did you have to do to try to pin down the attitudes people had then and there about mental illness?
1: I always feel as though in a rural area, that's where I live, 40 Settlement is really my back door. You know the attitudes. So the attitudes that were there in the 60s, you're going to sometimes feel them now. It, it, a lot hasn't changed in some ways. In some ways it has, but in other ways it hasn't. Mm-hmm. But I found that it was very easy for me to go back um, to a time, 1960, and you know imagine um, what that would be like for
0: her. Now you begin Good Mothers Don't in 1975 mm-hmm. with, with a doctor telling Elizabeth that she's well now, and that she can go home. Mm -hmm. But neither is exactly true. What is Elizabeth's actual situation at that point, 15 years after the event?
1: Well, after the event, she, she doesn't know where home is. She can imagine what it is, but they're telling her, you're going home. But what they're calling home is not what she means as home. So they're going to find a home for her to live, but it's not the home that she feels in her heart.
0: When we initially meet Elizabeth in the early 1960s, we recognize what seems to be an overprotective parent. But she's already beginning to unravel. She says, words scatter like seeds in the wind as, as soon as they are spoken, and they mean nothing in the end. Thoughts are what count. Mm-hmm. How does this signal her developing problems?
1: Well, I think she was internalizing everything and, um, you know, her thoughts were just racing. And I think in one point she she also said, uh, the doctor didn't ask me, do any of my thoughts harm me? To that, I would have answered, yes. Yeah. So there was so much going on in her mind that it was really hard for her to, to slow down and, and enjoy life and, and see things the way they were.
0: Yes and she becomes less inhibited about saying whatever passes through her mind.
1: Yes, um, and people weren't understanding why was she saying this, but, like, in her mind, it was justified what she was saying.
0: In a way, she's telling the truth very often when she says outrageous things.
1: Well, that's that's true, and I guess, you know, most of us have a filter, and, and we, you know, don't allow those things to come out sometimes, but, no, she uh, she did.
0: Now, her sister-in-law, Joan... Uh, almost becomes her nemesis in a way. By hearing what Joan thinks and how she behaves towards Elizabeth, what what kind of personality does Joan typify?
1: I think in her mind she thought she was doing the right thing. They needed to have this woman out of their family um, because she was an embarrassment to them and she just didn't want her here. So she made a Uh, You know, had it in her mind a long time ago when she first met her that she was going to do whatever she had to to get her out of the out of their family.
0: With Elizabeth's daughter Jewel, you bring the perspective of a child viewing her mother's behaviors as mysterious. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some of her schoolmates use those behaviors and what they've heard at home from their parents as a weapon to bully Jewel. It, It seems as if her mother's mental fragility is now radiating out through the community and back to Jewel.
1: Yes, because I think she said that she, she knew her, you know, things weren't right, but she didn't know other people knew. Um, so that was kind of new to her to, to know this, and it was shocking. Like, how, how could they know these things, that there was something wrong with her mother?
0: After Elizabeth is committed to a psychiatric hospital, uh, we learn she undergoes electroshock therapy, or has undergone it, how difficult was it to create what is basically a new mind for your central character?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, for me, when I write a character, and often when I use first person, and I like to use first person, I feel as though I become that person. So I'm trying to put myself in their place and uh, think, well, what would they be thinking And I guess that's the best way I can describe to be able to do that.
0: But you really get the sense that, you know, Elizabeth, after the the shock therapy, is having a really hard time piecing together Mm -hmm. who she is, who she was. She says at one point, uh, knowing things about your life is not the same as having memories of certain events.
1: Right. So she didn't have any specific memories, I think she said, of, you know, birthday parties or anything that she would have actually done with her children, but she, you know, in her mind, she knew, Hey, okay, I have children, you know, I, I had a husband, um, but then she gets to the point where she even doubts that. She's not even sure because, you know, she tried to reach out and, and that didn't work and uh, she was kind of left to wonder. Am I making all this up in my mind? Did the treatments, you know, do something to me that, you know, is, is putting these thoughts in my head?
0: But she still has some key words that she remembers, and, and a journal she's given becomes very important to her.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So she had these, I think she started out with the five words, and um, the journal, and she starts um you know, writing things down as as it comes to her, um, and she didn't ever think that she was the type of person who would write things in a journal. But um, she's you know learning these things as she goes.
0: I, I really love the, the the differences among your characters, but it got me thinking of a uh, of a much revered author uh, who who writes wonderful prose, uh, has great narratives, deals with serious themes, you know, has interesting characters, mm-hmm. but. All of the characters sound the same, but after I met your characters, I, I could spot them, you know, by their distinctive speech patterns and dialogue. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of Cliff and Missy and Joan and Mrs. Zimmer. How challenging is that? I mean, to get both the way people are thinking, what the, what's going through their minds and, and what they're saying, and to keep it distinctive.
1: Well, one thing I enjoy most of all, I think, when I'm writing, is doing dialogue. I love dialogue. And like I said, just trying to wiggle into the body of that person and and think, well, how do they speak and and what makes what they say sound different than than somebody else. So um, sometimes it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that I love.
0: What do you hope readers will take away from Good Mothers Don't?
1: my gosh. I hope they will really look at people when, when you see someone who maybe their behavior is a little bit stranger than what you know you would normally think they, it should be, you know, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. look to the person. yeah.
0: Be more generous, be kind.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on Book Me. It'
1: Been my pleasure.:
0: Laura Best is the author of "Good Mother's Don't." It's published by Nimbus. We have dozens of conversations with people who create books in Atlantic Canada, authors, illustrators, editors, and designers, everyone who brings works of research and imagination to you. They're all on bookmepodcast.ca. Tell the folks in your book club and everyone you know who's a reader. If you'd like to comment on a podcast like today's with Laura Best, our email address is info at bookmepodcast.ca. Whenever a new interview is added, we post an alert on Instagram, at BookMePodcast. And if you're in the Lunenburg County area, a bonus. Our podcasts are broadcast every evening on the nonprofit radio station CHLU 93.7 FM, just before sign-off around 9 o'clock. BookMe is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing. Our producer is Robin Grant, and Laura Hines hand delivers the podcast to your digital device. I'm Costas Halvarezos. Now, Let's go read.